Don't just think about conjuring the undead tonight. Pick up a summoning scroll and call forth the fantasy necromancers. We never let you down. In fact, we'll keep you up all night long. You always get a different necromancer animating wild new zombies and skeletons every time you summon. Dark, forbidden, undead fantasies in the privacy of your own home with no screeching paladins to spoil your fun. Every call is private and strictly confidential. Let us make your necromancy dream come true tonight. Call and speak to a fantasy necromancer in your area now. Just ten silver pieces a call. For chaotic evil adults only. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sci-Fi Writers playing old school Dungeons and Dragons. I think we are finally somewhat back on track. And we've we've made it to the next section of the adventure. And if all goes well, we're going to be ready for a good old-fashioned second edition dungeon crawl. Now, I would like uh, John Freighter to fill everybody in on what happened last week, if they're just tuning in for the first time this week or if they forgot. Well, last week we <laughs> dealt with the great big bad, the guy who owns absolutely everything in this town, who told us quite honestly that we were going to follow his rules and meet our contact, or he would pummel us into meal. We did, in fact, meet the contact, and she did, in fact, tell us about a fabulous treasure that, le- that that is found in a cavern in a place known as the Land of Bones. Uh, and after a bit of negotiating as to what we would be paid for this wonderful um, experience, we decided to go ahead and accept her terms. We are now in Radigas Canyons, awaiting to see what happens next. It's nice. I, I kind of like how he's like the old man Potter of Ravenloft. He's like, <laughs> he the town. You're going to do what he wants. All right, so we've traveled to the point on the map, and as you approach the mouth of this canyon, you hear a thundering, just a thundering boom. So um, it's a little overcast, but uh, you're certainly hearing a, a boom, you know, off in the distance. Uh, so as you as you go, you start to see a change in the land. What had been a very heavily forested. Uh, very severe woody type area has given way and it's flattened out and as you approach you're seeing the green die and die and die to the point where now you're walking in what feels like sort of a a dead and barren land so there's there's some vegetation some shrubbery but most of it is brown and orange and um almost dead feeling Nice place. Oh. So, mm. as uh, as you sort of reach the mouth of the canyon, 
you are greeted by this thing will show up a ginormous skeleton. Ah! So it it sort of lumbers out around. It's not the source of the booming, but you can hear its you can hear its uh its feet striking the ground and it starts making its way toward you. Too bad we can't stay. <laughs> so uh, I think I think a giant skeleton in Ravenloft I kind of feel like, Christopher Boer, I want your input on this. I sort of feel like if someone grew up in England, that might be the sort of thing that would cause a fear check. Absolutely. Not me. Yeah, Promius. Now, are we talking talking really uh, people that actually grew up in England or characters that grew up in England? (laughs) I think characters that grew up in England. Um, everyone else, your background would have to have to say your familiarity with the undead. But certainly, Jack Random, um, there aren't undead monsters in right. in in jolly old England. This is truly horrible. And so, um, you can do a so fear check. What for a fear check? It's what a saving throw against paralysis. Uh, I resist. <laughs> And, and lower is better or higher is better? I forget. Paralysis. I believe uh, with a saving throw here, it is uh, lower. The lower the better, correct? Saving throw is 1d20 equal or greater than the character oh, saving throw. Ah, higher, yeah. mm-hmm. I fail miserably. Okay. Holy cow, that's a giant skeleton that comes right for us. Saving throw versus what? Uh, paralysis. paralysis check. Paralysis check. Well, this is this is just for Jack Random, right? Because we've all been in Acadios or whatever, so we've seen stuff before, right? Yeah, yeah. Everyone who's not from uh, everyone who has encountered something like this, yes, yeah, would would be able to get without a. Uh, you know what to do. You've you've seen this before. Jack Random's never seen anything like this, and so we're going to see if he's going to run like his uh, okay. Johnny Depp counterpart. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you so uh, my, my, uh, my, uh, hold on, I'm trying to get to my dice thing here. Come on, buddy. Um, so my paralysis is 12. I need to roll above or below 12. Above. Yep. Above. Okay. With a d20. All right. A d20. Yes. Ro- rolling now. Oh, yeah. And he saves. Oh. Yeah, buddy. This uh, character is crazy exactly anyway. Yeah, I rolled a 19. I'm kind of crazy, so I'm cool. Right, if you no. think about it, you know, he's seen these kinds of things in the ocean before. I mean, you've seen the movies, right? That's true. <laughs> That's true. You do see some weird stuff. So you're, you're, you're shocked, but you're not, uh, you're not completely uh, overwhelmed. You don't drop your weapon or anything like that that comes with a failed check. So it's, uh, it's lumbering towards you. Uh, you're all going to have a chance now to tell me what you want to do. We're going to give you the party the uh, winning initiative here just because it's a giant skeleton. (laughs) Distract your enemy with noise! I'm going to uh, cast armor upon myself. Okay. Um, Well, I usually attack things from behind and this (laughs) Tromius fellow is... I just can't leave that line alone. Yeah, it just keeps on coming. (laughs) 
The Promius fellow seems rather smart. Promius, how shall everybody else attack this thing? Uh, is it unstable? Uh, well, he well, was pretty upset last night. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I suggest attacking its feet because it can't move, and then we can kind of, you know, we can kind of take it out from below. Then it'll just be a really dangerous skeleton, uh, just sort of stranded on the ground. And we can summon it at our leisure. And and dungeon master by giant, how what is giant? Nine feet, uh, twelve feet. Yeah, so it's yeah, it's giant size. So it it would be the the skeleton of a, a classical twelve foot giant. Does it have a animated. weapon? Uh, it has a magnificent club in its hand. And does it have armor, or is it just the naked skeleton with a club? It's got a little bit of armor. Uh, I say we form three ranks: the fighters up it. front. Me behind the fighters to protect the wizards and the wizards in the back, and let's just attack this thing. Okay. All right. So who's up first? Belmondo uh, is up first. He's, he's, he's basically one of the best tank we have so far. Right. <laughs> Left, uh, yes. And the, and the ranger and then myself and the gypsy will uh, stand in front of the wizards, and then the wizards will attack from behind with their wizardly wizard stuff. With their wizardly wizard stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Does that seem like a good plan, everybody? Sure. Yeah. sure. Let's roll. All right. Roll. Twenty plus. Roll the hits. Fifteen. That's uh, and that's my pack up. All right. So you hit. All right. Let's do damage. Roll d eight plus. Seven points of damage. That kind of sucks, but uh, but it's something. <laughs> but I get two attacks next round because it's three every two. Okay, good. So seven All right, so I'll, I'm going to take the nearest high ground that I can, and I realize that that's probably not realistic, but um, what I'm showing you on screen. But mm-hmm. I'm going to take the nearest high ground that I can within 30 feet and uh, mm-hmm. knock an arrow and shoot. Okay, so you're going to climb up. Um, I think that climb is probably going to take your turn. Okay. So you'll be ready to shoot All right, that's turn, fine. But yeah, you're, you're in that, that, right, Okay, that works. Okay. Uh, and, and so since you're on a high ground, though, you're going to be able to call out that you see rounding a corner a second one of these creatures. Oh, bugger. Oh, oh, oh. That's the, yeah, that's the jolly dead giant. Hey, there's a second one of those sons of... Does the canyon like? Say. Say again, cat. You cut out. Is the canyon wide enough that they could stand side by side, or is it one at a time? It's wide enough that they'll be able to squeeze in side by side. Uh, If there's a third one, it would probably try to hit you from in between the two. How fast do they move? Um, They are. Not fast movers as far as dexterity goes, but their stride is big enough that they're able to keep up with you if you were to run. So they can't turn on a dime, but once they get going, they can they can get you down pretty quickly. How far are we into this where the, everything started dying? Um, you guys are right at the mouth of the canyon now. So I think that if we were to go out of the canyon to the place where things are still alive, that they would uh, perhaps stop and we can form a better plan. At the very least, we'll be exactly the same distance apart. 
and we can make a decision to fight then. I think the longer we delay, the more likely we're going to be fighting two of them at the same time. Okay. Well, I think I think we've already engaged one, so let's concentrate on that one. Yes. I will try to distract the second one. So I would say wizards roll the mondo and um, and uh, and uh, the ranger try to knock that first one out quickly. Mm-hmm. Works for me. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. But we're still in the first round, right? So people are still positioning and all that. Yep. So everyone's still positioning. So then, um, if you guys have done your your damage, if you've done your your setup, it's going to take a swing at uh, the one character that engaged it, and that is our good friend Ron Belmondo. Belmondo. And it hits armor class negative five. Okay. That's better than what I have, so... Yikes. What's, what do we got? Uh, it's going to do 1d12 damage with its club of damaging, and it hits for 9 damage, kind of sends you flying. Ouch. Okay, down to 51 points. So the next one is going to use its turn to uh, square up. And I'm going to uh, stand in front of it. All right, so then it kind of But gets... I'm... Since I have initiative, I'm holding my move, and then I'm going to only dodge. Okay. I'm not going to attack. So it gets here. I'm going to... Right. And you're right here. Right. Okay. So... So dodge gives you... I'm trying to think what the bonus is. Does anyone know second edition off the top of their heads? I feel like two. That's what I was thinking, too. Um, right. So that's going to be... in. So it hits armor class 7. I think he may miss me. Um, my AC is 7. Okay. So, but I add my 2, so he misses. Oh, that was with the 2. I already, I already calculated two. your 2. Yeah, yeah. He hit. Damn! Okay, I take a hit. What's your dexterity, Nick? Uh, my dexterity is not awesome. It's uh, For a pirate. It's it's like minimal. It's uh, my dex is fifteen. Fifteen, so you should still get a plus one, no? Yeah, in that case it would miss. Just off your dex. Uh, yep. Let me see how I computed my dex. So while he's looking at that, fifteen doesn't doesn't get a plus. Yeah, he doesn't. Okay, so then yeah. it's eight damage. Chris, uh, you reach sort of the top of that canyon structure, and you can see about uh, nine hundred feet away or so. Uh, there okay. is. It looks like a giant skeleton statue. It looks real, but it's not moving at all. Um, and it's mounted on top of a skeletal lizard. Um, so that's up there with you. But, again, it's about 900 feet away. Okay. At the top of the canyon. All right, crew, do damage! And with your uh, wizard eyes, you see that number three. There's another one on the opposite side of the canyon. But, again, they're not moving. I wonder what happens when they get past them. It's like, uh, what is it, Never in a Story or whatever? Or maybe you got to destroy With the, two, the statues. Two sphinxes. Okay. Or maybe you did. So, so I was going to say, so now uh, we'll, we'll go with our next. Everyone's kind of done up. So 
uh, team, your your attacks for the second round here. Uh, John, you want to go first? I will go first. Hang on. Let's do two attacks. We've got the first one, which is probably not hitting anything because it's a five. The second one is an 11. Not sure if that hits either. Okay. Uh, what, just, uh, arm, I don't know what your fake is. My fake is, is 15. Okay. It's going to hit four. Right. Armor class four once, and you hit armor class less than four. So uh, the second hit is uh, the second hits. The first one misses, the second hits. All right, so let's do damage for that one. Roll D8 plus... Go! Ten points of damage. Okay, all right. So you send uh, a bit of uh, bone flying from its ribcage, kind of splinters the ground and uh, causes it to wobble a little bit. You have a little spectral yell in your direction. And uh, now let... Uh, the next player go. Do we want the archer to take his shot? Sure. Sure. Uh, archer, okay. take your shot. <laughs> so side pocket. So uh, <laughs> in three turns, in three, uh, two turns, I can shoot three times. So if it's all right with you, I'm going to take two shots yep. this way. Okay. So uh, and I'm I'm uh, point blank. So uh, oh hell, that's not what I wanted to do. Sorry. Rolling the dice wrong here. Okay, so the first one is not as a let's say I'll hit armor class seven, mm-hmm. and the second one is I'll hit armor class four. Okay, um, so I'd say that that ridge you're probably elevated about thirty feet, so you're shooting down. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that would change the point blank or not, or if it would give you an advantage on that roll because you're shooting from an elevated position. Uh, but the second one certainly hits. Okay, uh, so for the damage on the second one. Seven points. Okay, so that uh, just kind of rattles around inside of it, but uh, it does some damage with the with its tip before it goes. It's always the the interesting thing about fighting skeletons is other than breaking bone. What do you really do? Um, wizards. Yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> you want to go first? Um, am I behind it? I think we had talked about us being behind it. Yeah, you guys are back out more towards the opening. Um, and so then you've got a fighter and a pirate in front of each one engaging at close ground. Okay, I got a question. So I have a big old staff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's well, got a we, rib no, cage. We really wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's got a rib cage, and it's got arms that it has to use to attack us. Am I, with a dexterity of 15 and an intelligence of 18, am I real, do I feel like I could realistically gum up his ability to hurt the party? the one that's closest to us, by jamming my big, long eight-foot staff or whatever long six-foot through its ribcage so that it gets stuck and kind of interferes with its ability to swing. Um, it, I think you're, with your intelligence, the way the physiology works, it would, wouldn't cause any discomfort, and it would still be pretty easy for it to rotate on its hips and just kind of swing like the way a bear swipes its paw and, uh, or, or, or the way a baseball player swings a bat. Um, it might make it hard to do a big downward strike, but I think it could still do an attack. What about gumming up its uh, footing so that it falls over? That you could give a try, um, but it has targets at close range. So if, okay. you're, if you're planning on running, that might be a good... Yeah, I would run, but would it get a chance to attack? Uh, it would get, I'm no, it would get, yeah, it would get a chance to attack if it chose to attack you instead of uh, Rune Belmont. All right. 
So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to use the old magic missile. I just didn't want to use up my missile today. All right. <laughs> like right on the – we haven't again, even got in. <laughs> Good. Yeah. All right. Go ahead and, and – uh... And, uh, All right. So it's I get three magic missiles. It's one d four plus one. So I'm gonna roll three d four plus three. Okay. Isn't that right? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a hit. All right. It's a definite hit. Fourteen. Mm-hmm. It looks like fourteen damage. Less damage. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Okay, so off. that that thing uh, explodes apart part of its arm. It's a non club arm. Uh, sends it flying. It's uh, it's definitely hurting. It looks like something that you could finish off pretty easily now here. So Kat, that's the uh, that's the one in front of Ron yeah, Belmondo, that's the, right? The lead one that that you engaged with first. So Cat, what, what would you like to do? I am uh, gonna be running over. If I can get to the side of the thing, that would be good. Um, hey Cat, it's a great thing that you bought that new mace when we were back in town, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got leather strap and everything. Um, and uh, you know I'm gonna. Uh, bash its uh, ankle bones. All right. So roll to hit, and then tell me the armor class that you hit. That looks like a hit. Mm-hmm. Okay, so roll for damage. Oh, hey. damage. Okay, so you hit the ankle bone, and it kind of crumbles down falls. It's not out of the fight. It's clearly still animated, but uh, it's certainly out of the action for this round. Uh, there's not much left. Uh, you warrior types know that this is the moment where a killing blow will finish it off. Um, so it's going to struggle to get back to its feet based on the amount of damage it just took in this round. Uh, you mean back to its foot? Back to its, yeah, back to its broken foot. It broke a bone. Um, I didn't get to, uh, I didn't get to go yet. Oh yeah, neither has Jack Random, so uh, oh, okay. So, Sandra, you can you can go, or you can have the random go, and then react whatever you want. Well, I was going to launch in um, an acid arrow to the f- one of the feet um, in front of Jack Random, one okay. of the skeletons. So, so the, the the one that's not quite as beat up. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> and, and we should say John L. Monk is lobbying for us to talk about how great his magic <laughs> missiles were. For doing so much damage, they were actually pretty cool. Yeah, it was it was good. That was quite a bit, quite a bit of damage. Well played, John. Well played. All right, so I do Thank five you. damage, mm-hmm. and that uh, I get to roll two uh, d4 for two more rounds because I'm level six caster. Okay. So I guess two d4 this turn, and then two more rounds. All right, that's good. That's a good hit. Um, Jack Random, you see that uh, the rest of the party is almost finished off the first giant. Uh, the other one is uh, got a smoking uh, acid foot, and you have a decision to make. What do you want to do? You could you could strike the damaged one, or you could keep up dodging. It's your your call. Um, I'm gonna I'm going to dodge. Okay. Yeah. So, so I add two to my AC. Okay. That's All that. Right. So it's it's uh, going to keep swinging at the thing in front of it. Uh, but but it, I'm it, going. I am going to kind of, as I my dodges, mm-hmm. uh, I should have said this earlier, um, I'm sort of, every time I dodge, I'm dodging to the left to try to get it to spin around with its back to the party. Okay, gotcha. Um, it's it's not smart enough to realize that you're doing that. It takes a swing, and its uh, its back is turned to the rest of the party, and it misses. You just sort of nimbly, nimbly duck, 
and uh, and then it, it leers up again. So we'll go for the next round. The first damaged one is back at its feet. It's ready to attack this turn if it doesn't get finished off. What uh, what does Ron Belmondo want to do? I uh, hit it again. <laughs> <laughs> this is your one attack turn? This is my two attack turn. Okay. So first attack is... Uh, oh, boy. This is just not going well here. Second attack... Second attack is a 16. That'll hit. Okay. I'm going That'll to, hit negative one. Here's what I'm going to do. Um, uh, your one, yeah. uh, the sword kind of flies out of your grip and goes straight into the dirt. So your second attack is nullified as you just get your sword back into your hands. Oh, well, that's not something I do every day. <laughs> uh, Ranger. Okay. All right. So, yeah. Let me uh, let me take a shot. This will be my one shot round. So I'm gonna hit the one that uh, Belmondo was just hitting. Uh, that'll do an armor class three. That's a hit. So uh, let's go with six damage. Okay. So that arrow strikes it right on the jaw. The jaw goes flying off the neck. Bone gets loose. The head crumples down. Falls next to Belmondo. Just as he yanks his sword free, and then the rest of the giant skeleton. Just piles of bones. That's all that's left. Aha! Just a pile of bones. You were able to overcome whatever enchantment was on it. And now, party, you've got a uh, clean shot at the back of giant skeleton number two. Uh, Nick has managed to move it so that it's very vulnerable. Well, I'm I'm not going to do anything this turn other than let the acid uh, continue to do its damage. So it's another six damage. Okay. So it's, it's burning away at that foot. So go and bash its foot. Okay, so you bash it from the back. We'll give you plus two, plus two to hit, I believe. Uh, Thirteen. And what armor class does that hit? Um. If she's a to hit AC zero, if she's a thief, is sixteen. Okay, so a thirteen would hit armor class three. So you hit, and you can roll for damage. Well, one, one damage isn't here. It was something. It was something. It bounced back a little bit, but you did something to it. Uh, Promius, you noticed that uh, Sander Vance is just kind of chilling. What are you going to do? Hmm. All right. So I'm going to use read magic to give it an inferiority complex, therefore <laughs> causing it to be less effective in its snow. Um, I literally am going to go, uh, since we're at the back, I'm going to go ahead and use my staff to attack. Now, it used to be the staff is 1d8, um, and I'm going to attack sort of the feet. You okay. Know? Right. Uh, you got to attack somewhere. Why not hit the feet? Okay. So, go for it. So, All right. It used to be 1d8. I don't know if that's the case anymore. Just batter up. I can, you can look at right here. Bam. Well, yeah, you would actually have to roll to hit. Before you roll. Oh. <laughs> no. Typically. Oh. Typically. I was using hard. my intelligence on you, actually. It didn't work. <laughs> All right. All right. Bam. <laughs> Three. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I hit my foot. Um, I, I, I'm going to make you just do a swing and a miss. Okay. So, just uh, a bit uh, outside. Right, yeah. And I like the image of the wizard kind of being like, oh, I can, I can, I can show that I've got some muscle. And then he goes just like... <laughs> Just goes to unscrew and just 
total whiff. But at least it wasn't a one. All right, uh, Jack Random, what, what would you like to do? I am now going to fully retreat behind him, so I don't even think I'm going to – I'm just going to stay out of range. Because he's slow and ponderous and I am agile and pirate-like, this mm-hmm. seems easy. Okay. Um, so you're going to just kind of uh, disengage. It has felt the attacks from behind, so it's going to kind of do a backward swing. So I'm going to have it uh, minus three to hit. Um, so it's going to hit armor class. It's going to hit an armor class six. And let's see who's standing back there, Belmondo and Cat. So I'm going to see which one of you would be randomly struck at. Cat, uh, armor class six. Does that hit you? So it does nine damage with that back, backwards hit. And now it's lumbering around to face its two nearest threats. So uh, turn starts over again, and we'll start again with Belmondo. All right, this is a one-hit round. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude! Oh, yes. <laughs> I am sorry, my DM. friends. I am all ten thumbs today. <laughs> all right, DM now. gave you that dice. Uh, it's, it's, it's all Roll20's fault. Um, let's see what happens with that one. All right. So once again, you find your sword stuck in the ground, and now it's really stuck. You can't pull it out. Oh, great. All right, so you're gonna have to, gonna have to use it. You're gonna have to use your next turn pulling it free, unless you decide to run or pull an alternate weapon out. Uh, let me see what I actually have. I've got. So while you decide that, we'll let the ranger take his All action. Right. So DM, I got a question for you. If mm-hmm. I move to this position, does that put me within 30 feet of the second one? Um, it would put you. Uh, if, you, if you're moving over, it's going to about keep your distance. You're just going to get closer to that uh, statue. You would probably have okay. to, uh, you know, kind of slide down to get within yeah, okay. a closer range. All right, so I'll so I'll move uh, and uh, shoot. I, this is I think this was my two turn, but I'll take one shot if that's all right. That works, yeah. Okay, so uh, let's see here. And so I'm still in range. All right, so there's my shot. That's a armor class one. That's a hit. And eight damage. Okay, so you are damaging it again. It still looks like it's in the fight, uh, but it's it's showing a little bit of uh, worse for wear now as a result of your attacks. Um, and that was a really cool scene with the ranger sliding down among the rocks, sort of like he's very Legolas like. Exactly. Yep. For for a human, um, he gets around. I would now like to perform sneak attack, which is a feat I have. Okay, but you already ran away. That was last round. That was the sneaky part. Oh, that was the sneaky part. Okay. Then he turned his back to me, and now I should be able to attack. I should be able to backstab with sneak attack. Right. So you have to successfully sneak to make sure you're behind him, and then Uh, the attack would be a sneak attack. No, I am just behind him. He turned his back on me. Well, you can't run unless you ran up the the cliff to where he is. Right. So his back is facing the cliff, and his front is facing like Belmondo and Cat. All right. So you're saying I need to sneak. Yeah. So you could. You, so you 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 got away, but you would need to sneak behind him. Okay. So my sneak is what? Uh, and then uh, during this turn, there, there should be another acid damage, shouldn't there, Sander Vance? Uh, 
The last acid damage is five. Okay. And okay. I'm still not going to do anything. So were you going to say move silently? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Just to make sure you're behind him properly. D100 rolling now. I got a 45. Shoot percent chance to do it. So what did I roll? I did not sneak. Okay. All right. So it knows you're there. Um, it's aware. So you, you can still attack, but it wouldn't do the triple damage. Okay. Um, then I will attack from behind, so I get a plus two, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and I'm going to attack with my plus three dagger. Let's roll plus threes here. Is that the twelve? No, I no, I was uh, I was adding my pluses. Did I roll? I didn't see. Yeah, you this would a, be my you rolled a nine on your d20. Okay, so. Add plus three plus two, so I would come out at fourteen. Fourteen, so that'll. And I have a AC, sixteen to hit AC zero. Okay, so you hit. Okay, so now I'm gonna roll a D six mm-hmm. plus three. Mm-hmm. What do I get there? Six. Six damage. All right. So it's still going, but again, it's looking chipped. There's bone fragments all over the place. Uh, there's a lot of bone kindling. On the ground, um, it's uh, it's move. Then this turn after your attacks is to take another swipe at that pirate. So it's going to kind of swing back behind it. It's just going with whatever hits it last right now, um, and it hits armor class one. That'll do it. You would think so for twelve damage. They're strong, these giants. All right, so then the next round, we start again with Ron Belmondo, who has two attacks. Okay. This round. Last time. Oh, you didn't go yet? Yeah. Okay. Right, so she goes first. Yep, so go right ahead. Watch me miss. Uh, yeah, I missed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's an armor class, 14, uh, armor class 4, right? Did you hit? I thought I had to get a 16. Do you have a 16? What's your Thacko? 16? Uh, my Thacko is 18. Okay, that's armor class 7 then. Sorry. Yeah, so, yeah, that misses. Okay. Yeah. So, because, she was right, right, everybody. She was right. <laughs> Belmondo? Okay, so instead of wasting a whole round pulling my scimitar out of the ground, I'm just going to switch to a longsword, which I'm carrying, which I'm carrying on my back. It's not magical, but it's made of iron, so it should work. So roll, ha ha, that works. All right, roll damage, which is a d12 plus so we've got three. A natural Twenty. Oh. Plus three, eleven points of damage. Okay, nice. now, this is going to kill it. Uh, let's have one of our talented authors explain what happens with this natural twenty. How the last giant is vanquished. Any volunteers? Promius. It folds into itself, <laughs> like a dusty thing that folds. <laughs> <laughs> you can read more from John L. Monk by going to Amazon.com. No. <laughs> John's strength is in the editing. <laughs> yes. So they are they are vanquished. You're down at the canyon floor, um, breathing heavily, panting, as it were. And you become aware of that drumming sound, that, that sound that you thought was sunder. As you headed nearer to the source, as you were in this battle... 
Um, I'm retrieving my scimitar. <laughs> the land is truly forsaken. The trees and grasses, like we said, gave away to low shrubs that soon die out to leave a barren cracked land that looks like a dried seabed with canyons sunk into it. Round red rocks dot, dot the lifeless area between the canyons. And so now that you've entered this forsaken region, you <coughs> notice that the large rocks you saw from afar are nothing more than especially hard nodes of rust, red dirt. In fact, not a rock can be seen in this area. Everything is made of sun-baked, wind-swept, brick-like mud. The canyons are quite square, with sheer vertical walls of hardened adobe. Most are between 15 and 40 feet deep. The ridges between the canyons are only slightly rounded, while the canyon floors are very square. At the bottom of the canyons are small, dried-up streams that trace white patterns in the baked earth. The very feeling of death seems to seep from the ground in this place. Even the hottest desert would seem more alive than these desolate canyons. High up in the sky, you can see a great crow riding the wind currents in lazy, graceful circles. It seems to be the only other living thing in sight. I am going to drink my potion. I'm rolling now to drink it. Okay. I'm going to uh, look at the... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I healed nine damage. Nice. Nice. Uh, what's with these uh, statues? Do they look magical, uh, menacing? What? Well, they do look They do look menacing. Um, you see, what you see is a, a, a silent, motionless sentinel of a most unusual sort. A giant skeleton is mounted on a large skeletal lizard. The skeleton is sitting on a dried, bleached leather saddle and holds a set of reins in one hand and a lance seemingly carved from bone in the other. The end of the lance is stained with a brown color that looks uncomfortably like dried blood. You should attack it. Mm-hmm. Isn't there a cavern we're supposed to go to? Go into? Do we see a cavern? You don't see a cavern in front of you. So here's your here's your line of sight right here. So you can see down the canyon. You can just see more of those more of those nodes, um, and that leads to every time you see a three. That's another one of those sentinels. I am casting uh, protection from evil and uh, ESP. Okay. And so um, the only life you you, you sort of, you can pick up uh, some plant life, and that's about it. So at each three is one of these skeletons that's, that's mounted on a horse. Right. Skeleton lizard. Yep, yep, exactly. Okay. And they're not seeming to react to us. They're not seeming to react at the moment, no. Even when Chris went up the hill. He yeah, yeah. He so right now right in the middle of the canyon, you guys are just about if you count count the distance, you're about a thousand feet or so away from them. When Chris was up he was a little bit closer. Um but you're keeping your distance. Let's go. Clo- let's go close to one and see what happens. All of us, but away from the others, like the one on top of the hill that Chris went close to. Okay. What do you say to that team? <laughs> sure. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Is there a reaction? We cautiously approach. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So by by approaching, you see that the the sentinel starts to move, and it charges. Whoever's there at the top of the hill. <laughs> Jesus. We shouldn't have done this. Clearly, it's just 
like the whole area, these are basically landmines around the entire area. We hit the skeleton landmines, but we went up the hill. We had another one on purpose. Are the other ones? Are the other ones reacting too? No, they're not. So we can take these out one at a time. You certainly can. In theory. In theory. <laughs> yes. All right, wizards, do your stuff. Read magic. <laughs> Just kidding. Wonder twin powers. Activate. So, so who is the, who is do the your first, other stuff? Who is the first to the top there within? I am. I would like to be the first to the top. Okay. Is this thing going to charge me? It's already charging. Good. I tell everybody. I tell everybody get down, and I and I make a big target for it. Okay. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> and um, I have a roguish ability called Uncanny Dodge. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to wait till it tries to gore me. And then I'm going to dodge, and hopefully it'll go off the side of the cliff. Okay. So Beautiful. it hits armor class two. Okay. But I have to do Uncanny Dodge. Mm-hmm. Uncanny Dodge. Let me read this. Or Dodge. Starting at a fourth level of danger uh, defenses allows the rogue um, a bonus if any if caught flat-footed, still loses dexterity. Wait, evasion. A rogue can avoid even magical and unusual attacks with great agility. Um, if I make a reflex saving throw against an attack that normally deals half damage on a successful save, instead I take no damage. So I can evade making a reflex saving throw. Is that cool? Yeah, you can you can do that reflex saving throw. We will do that. Okay, so my reflex saving throw is uh, at sixth level is plus five. Mm-hmm. So what do I need to save against? I believe. Well, let me look, pull up your character sheet here, and if uh, if you know it off the top of your head, Christopher Boer, by all means. Would it be breath weapon? Would it be paralyzation, poison, death magic? Well, yeah, I don't think you can evade those things. I don't think that would be. It, it's just, yeah. it's just doing a basic attack. Um, so maybe I'm, I'm not sure there what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm not sure that that's something you can evade. I don't even think that skill is in second edition. That maybe it's like oh, a dexterity we, check. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking on three point five. Oh my gosh. Okay, that, <laughs> that explains it. You're ahead of your time. <laughs> okay, so um, so I just get a plus two to my armor class. Right, so then it would be uh, went from armor, hitting armor class two to hitting armor class four. Okay, I have armor class seven. Okay, so he hits armor class But I'm still four. standing on the lip of the hill. Right, okay. Um, so, he, so he hits you with the bone lance. Yeah. And that's going to do 1d12 damage. All right, I'll take it. And that's nine damage. Okay. Uh, but so, since I'm evading, can I kind of not be gored by it? Yeah, you, you aren't gored. <laughs> There's actually specific instructions for if it uh, if it gores, and it's an additional 2d12 damage in the lance splinters. So you're okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it, so it drills the lance into you and holds up on the reins. You notice the fire lizard skeleton is sort of snapping, but uh, thankfully your evasion kept you... Out of range yeah, of that. Yeah, but it, it, to hit, for him to hit me, he'd have to go off the side of the cliff. No, he's got a lance, and he's a rider. He just circled around and smacked you. Uh, well, nice try there. If I had a rule of one, I'd have let him go off the cliff, though, for sure. Okay, all right. So now you guys are up at the top, and, and you've just uh, ingratiated yourselves to a new monster. Christ. 
and you haven't actually gotten into the canyon. <laughs> so uh, let's we'll just have a party initiative since it's one very one. So you guys can unshake out your your attacks however you'd want. So does does the thing appear to be made of stone? No, it's made of bone. Okay. Okay. It's it's a uh, yeah it's a giant skeleton, uh, same as the uh, others, uh, riding a giant fire lizard, but it was just motionless. So obviously the the enchantment was to keep it motionless until someone got too close. Right. Set it off. Okay. Yep. We did that <laughs> on purpose. Yeah, but we did we didn't set all three off. <laughs> Not if yet. We walked, if we would have walked into the canyon, I bet we'd have got hit by all three. That's possible. Okay, so I'm going to take a shot. Mm-hmm. We'll go with one arrow this time, and it's at it's at regular range, so give that a shot. Uh, yeah, I hit armor class negative four. Are you shooting at the rider or the mount? I'm shooting at the the rider. Okay, all right. So that's a hit. Uh, and we'll do ten damage. Okay. Okay, so it takes the the damage. It's still sitting on top of its uh, of its mount, though. Next. Yeah, yeah I'm. Uh, <clears throat> I was going to uh, cast a ray of enfeeblement on the skeleton. Okay. Weakens opponent, reduces its strength to five. It loses all strength bonuses and attack rolls. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also suffers minus two to attack and minus one on each die of damage. Okay. Lots to remember. Yeah, no, that is that is a good amount to remember. Um, you would think that skeletons couldn't be enfeebled, but I think the only resistance that's, they have is fire. Right. That's. Uh, I was reading off the other creatures other than humans, demi-humans, and humanoids. So right. I'm guessing they can. Yep. Yep. Okay. Right, so let's take that. Reduce to five, so that that takes care of that. Um, who wants to go next? I think the only person within striking range right now is Jack Random. Jack Random is going to roll down the cliff away from this. <laughs> That's the Jack Random we know and love. Okay. And actually, I moved to the flank. I'm on the side. Okay. So, and then I'm gonna hit the try to hit the uh, the mount on the on the back line. Okay. So go ahead and roll to attack. And no. Okay. So you you were 18 was your was your Thaco, is that right? Yeah. Okay. So you yeah yeah your 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 attack uh, misses. The beast is uh, pretty dexterous, though it is a skeleton, and it has no problem kind of trotting itself out of the way. I'm not sure how much time it actually takes Plamona to climb up to this, <laughs> up the sides of the canyon to actually deal with this thing. If I get an attack this turn, or I have to wait till next turn. I think uh, well, the way we'll have it work out is that Nick uh, activated it at the top of the canyon. It charged. He held and uh, wasn't able to dodge. Um, so you would have time if you're up in the canyon to attack right where right where it is, but it's going to have time to attack everybody close to it this turn as well. Um, and just to bring it up, you got a save versus Raven Feeblement that I don't know if you rolled. Uh, yeah, it, it failed. Okay. 
Um, so Belmondo can attack, or uh, okay. So what do you want to do, Ron Belmondo? All right. Um, I retrieved my plus one scimitar, so that's what I'm going to attack with, and I got a twelve. Okay. Which will hit an armor class of three, I believe. And you are striking at the rider or striking at the mount? Uh, the rider. Okay, so that's a hit, and you can roll for damage. Yes. No, hold it, hold it, hold it. That's at the. While he's rolling, Promius, do you know what you want to do? Yeah, do I get a sense that the uh, the, Aha, the rider? Points of damage. Okay. Nice. Do I get a sense that the rider needs the mount to even move at all? Uh, that they're like as one almost? Uh, they seem to be separate enchant- enchantments, as far as you can tell. They're working together, but um, if you were to guess, they would be able to function if they were separated from each other. Okay. Um. And uh, but you think that the the mount is more dangerous than the rider? Uh, you think that the mount is more dangerous than the rider if you're close to it. All right, I'm gonna okay, now. I, I checked my blindness spell and it doesn't have anything about not working against undead. Mm-hmm. Um, would I know this? I mean, is it is is it, is, the, is the spell description you know accurate? I guess. Yeah, I mean <laughs> that's that's the tough part, right? How does an undead see? Um, I think that in D and D, this is you guys can weigh in here. We can have a philosophical moment. Um, skeletons can't see, and yet they can act. They act like they do because of their enchantment. So I think if you were to cast a blindness spell, um, unless there's a specific immunity given, it would just take away that uh, magical ability for them to see and work as normal. What do you guys think? Yeah, the senses are gone. Yeah, that's reasonable. Yeah. All right, so if it'll work, I'll go ahead and do it. They get a saving throw versus blindness. Um, it affects one creature. Um, if it works, they suffer negative pen four to its attack rolls, and its opponents gain a plus four bonus to their attack rolls. Okay. It it did not save, and this was at the mount, correct? That's at the mount. Yep. Okay. So yeah, it's it, it doesn't save, and you notice that the mount is uh, somewhat frantic in this, and it uh, goes through its litany of attacks. It, it does uh, three swift. Attacks, uh, kind of reaching out with each claw once, and then uh, a massive snap with its jaws. But thankfully, no one is in the air in front of those attacks. But certainly, can I can I argue that the that the rider doesn't know what I cast? It just thinks its mouth is a little bit angry. As much as it <laughs> as much as it thinks, it has no idea what's going on. Yeah. Okay. Because I don't want him jumping off, going, "Oh, my mouth is is blind." You know. Right. Yeah. No, it, it, does, <laughs> it doesn't realize what's going on. Um, uh, so if we could have just blinded him when I dodged, he would have gone off the side. If Woody had just gone to the police, this would never have happened. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying, when we fight the next next one, that might be attacked. <laughs> He's all pissed at me. <laughs> right. Thankfully, you probably saved Cat's life by by blinding that thing because it has three attacks and it does See? a lot of damage. Um, so then, uh, the last thing it sees is that. Uh, so Ron Belmondo, you you've attacked. Uh, the skeleton is going to kind of spur its rider forward, and uh, he's going to try to take a swing at you with his lance. Um, but you find that uh, for whatever reason, you could you were just able to parry that spear easily, and it does no damage. Um, the creature uh, moves forward, doesn't realize that it's at the edge of a cliff, and you're smart enough to get out of the way while it tumbles down, and it's going. Yay! To- 
I consider this a victory for me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So the so the writer's hit points was enough that it's just a bag of bones on the bottom now, and it's not moving. But the creature itself sort of rightens itself after taking one d twelve damage. It's still in the game. It's snapping and bucking and clawing furiously, but it, it doesn't see any of you. It's at the top of the hill or the it's bottom. A, it's now at the bottom of the hill. Okay. Went over the I think we should dispatch. And... I think we should dispatch this thing, not let it stay in the in our backfield. Mm-hmm. So it did a thirty foot drop was uh, was what that one was without control. Are there rocks? Um, can, the, can the ranger just put? Yeah, can we push a rock down on top of it? Uh, well, remember there aren't. It's actually not rocks. It's these big hard uh, mud adobe. Um, Rusted out Ooh. nodes, so it's not. Can we grab? Can we can we build an adobe cell around it so that it can't get out? Let's grab the giant's lance and ram it in. Well, the giant's lance is down. <laughs> <laughs> the giant's lance is at the bottom. The lonely life of a pirate. <laughs> as far as I can tell right now, <laughs> the pirate and the two wizards are the are the things at the bottom of the uh, of the hill. So okay, okay. I'm gonna grab. I'm gonna pick up the lance. So I'll give you some options. You guys can all participate if you want to, but your archer with a blind target plus time can kill this thing without any difficulty. Right. All right, let's do it the easy way. So it's probably easier just to stay back and let Chris uh, explain what he does. Porto. Chris Porto. Uh, but, uh, huh? Okay, we, so we, I'll, just, I'll take out my longsword and, and dispatch it. No, 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 right. no. We would like you just to fill it full of arrows. Uh-huh. They're, they're Are taking we talking the about safe... the creature or the, or yeah. the I mean, the, the rider or the rider? The, the rider's dead. Oh, okay, okay. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the creature's just flailing blindly at the canyon floor. Gotcha. Um, and everyone's kind of keeping their distance from those claws and, and teeth. Okay, so how uh, so do you want me to just sit here and shoot arrows into it? As long as that's what yes. you want to do as a player, you will succeed. Yeah, 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 that's fine. Okay, yeah, that's what I want to do. So. Okay. All right, so, yeah, you, you break it down and... Um, and it, and it stops. You've you've killed one of them. Again, you're noticing that there is this steady boom, boom, boom. It, it can't be thunder. It's too consistent. We need to get inside. Or Ranger, move forward along the cliff line and try to see what's ahead. Done. Okay, so you see. All of this. What the hell? Yeah. yeah. What is all of that? Yeah. You see, you see a tree. Um, you see more of those sentinels here in the corners. Your Belfi see. Ha. All of this. You've got a, you've got a pretty clear view from up there. However. Whatever is in the mouth here, you can't quite see. Um, the walls are a little bit too high for you to see down into. Is the tree flowering? Does it have leaves? Does it have fruit? No. Right, so you can see that there's a path uh, that, that winds around that canyon, kind of where Sander Vance is. And um, uh, the path is marked with stakes and skulls. And it opens up to surround a large, dark oak tree. Oak tree. And you have the distinct feeling, looking at that tree, that something dark and sinister is watching you. Like when you look at that tree, you almost feel like it's looking at you. Something is watching you. Looking up, 
around the tree, you can see the dark forms of giant crows circling high above you, and their haunting cries echo through the canyon like the spiteful laughter of a ghost. Be a shame if someone burned that tree down. Mm. So if you if you want to move in closer, you certainly can to that tree. Or but right you now, said there's bo- there's bones all along. The yeah, floor. there's like a like there's a little pathway leading along the canyon, and uh, there's skulls and posts and bones as you right. walk inside leading up here. In Where fact, does that start? Where does that start? That kind of starts right around here. You can see. Uh, all along the row, sort of like a path leading to it. Also, you can right. see here uh, these little stakes. These are stakes with uh, skeletons impaled on them. The moment you entered the canyon, it, it turned into nightmare juice. Okay. And still no sign of the cavern. Still no sign of a cavern. Right now, all you're seeing is this tree. Uh, a lot of those sentinels everywhere. You see a three on the map is one of those motionless sentinels. So you can't sneak around. I yeah. think that we can build a bonfire out of skulls and skeletons. I don't think that's how dead, it works. dead wood. No? Well, there's no wood. Uh, I don't know that burn, bones would burn like oh. wood. Okay. So you, you might be able to, like some of the posts, you might be able to burn that. And certainly if you yeah. have any fire spells, you could do that if you want to try to light that tree on fire. Oh, yeah, I could do that, but I don't know. Let's light the tree on fire and see what happens. Are we lighting the tree on fire? Let's burn this mother down. (laughs) All right, I'll shoot a flame arrow with the tree. Okay, so I want you guys to all, so you're kind of within range of of the tree, but you're not close range. Um, The tree seems to quiver, and the thumping changes from sort of a rhythmic beat to uh, more of a pattern, like a it's a heartbeat. <laughs> I think as we do this, we should gather to the lip of the the top of the ridge line. Well, to get to the tree, you've got to be down the ridge line. That's about a forty foot no, climb. I, right, I know, but he's shooting. While we do this, while the it, it, does the flame catch? Yeah, so you guys are all down there, as far as I know, unless you sent Sander okay. Vance alone, which he probably wouldn't have agreed to do. Mm-mm. Right. Yeah. So. Okay. So, we can't so, cast the missile from the top of the cliff. So what's your range? That's going to be about a 300, 400 foot shot. My range is 90 yards. Yeah. So. Okay. We will. We, That's 270 uh, feet. Yeah. We will Somebody get. Can, you're going to have to be on the floor to to hit. You're going to have to be on the floor yeah. of the canyon. Yeah. And I'm going to light one of these posts on fire for the. <laughs> Just, just to have it on fire. Yeah, mm-hmm. fire good. Ask Frankenstein. Um, uh, for the ranger to make fire arrows to shoot into it. Yeah, we could have done that, but now we can't. But now he used a well, spell. Well, it's but yeah, it's already it's already spell. on fire, right? We don't need to. Do we need to? We keep might shooting? need more. We might need more fire where we're. Well, if you yeah. dip your wrap your arrows and dip it in the post yeah. that Nick set on fire. Right, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Let's get our own little source of fire going, but. Hopefully we can just burn this tree down and consider that a great victory. <laughs> Who's writing their novel? Yeah, someone is someone is going all out. Sorry. Sorry about that stupid <laughs> microphone. <laughs> all right, so, okay, up, from the, so up from the ground pops eight goblins out of trapdoors oh. around the tree. Uh, so they start popping up 
responding to the tree's call, and uh, they are sort of gathering. These things are uh, not 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 too large, right? They're they're humanoid size, but they're they're nasty little buggers with uh, sloped foreheads, needle needly teeth. Uh, their skin looks wet, almost like it has a sheen of mucus. Uh, they're armed with uh, swords, uh, pikes, just various weaponry, and uh, two of them are attempting to put out the fire on the tree. They're attempting to to beat it out while the other shoot six, it, Ranger. The other six advance toward the party at a run. Ranger, uh, I would tell the ranger. I would ask the ranger to to target the ones trying to put out the fire. Ah, good idea. Good idea, oh lord. I want to, uh... That's why I, I'm captain of this ship. If I can, I want to cast Monster Summoning One in between me and the goblins running at the party. Okay. You can do that. We'll do all those things, but we're really at the end of this show right now. So rather than what? have this battle... This was so exciting, I didn't even realize it. It has been an hour already. So rather than have this battle this week, we'll have this battle next week. You've got a... Uh. Spying tree, you've got goblins attempting to put out fires, you've got goblins attempting to uh, put out entrails, and we're going we're gonna to see if we can get some monsters to help fight on your side when we start I, next I, week. I can't even wait. Nobody can wait. But you know what we should do? We have a little bit of time. What, what should people do if they can't wait for next week's episode? What should they read? Why don't we talk about uh, what kind of uh, stuff we've got out there? We haven't done that in a while. John Mug, is your audio book for your kick out yet? It is, right? Uh, Audiobook for Kick is out and Hell's Children. That's what uh, I meant, Hell's Children. I meant Hell's Children, which I read and I loved. It's got your narrator. Yeah, Guy, who is now now a rock star. He is a a rock star. But if you want to read about a real thief, not this Captain Jack Sparrow guy, (laughs) you can pick up Thief's Odyssey, which is a heavily researched novel about a modern-day cat burglar who does all the stuff that you see in Ocean's Eleven, except for it's realistic. I've always wanted to be that guy in real life, but I have morals. <laughs> so I can't do that. Kat, I know you guys have a big hit over at O1 Publishing, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, Case Whale Arkham, our uh, P.I. Noir uh, set in uh, Lovecraft's Arkham, has been nominated for two Ghastly Awards, one for a novel and for uh, Best Inker, uh, Patrick McAvoy. So, uh, and uh, we hope to find out uh, earlier in March whether or not it would win. But even that, it's a major honor to be uh, nominated. And uh, Volume 2 of Peace File Arkham will be out later this year. And uh, also, just uh, mark on your calendars to go to the uh, Queen Mary for uh, Joker Award uh, for summer, uh, this year. Uh, Zero One Publishing will be there as well. That sounds great. And John Frader, I know you've been writing like a madman. That's right. Uh, Legacy. John Freighter does everything like a madman. <laughs> I do. I'm just as free. I'm just very mad. That's all there is to it. Um, Legacy Fleet Colossus is for sale. It's live. It's on the Kindle World's Legacy Fleet um, page, and uh, it's gotten a bunch of reviews. It's getting a lot of good attention, and people do seem to like it. So my first yeah. proper pew pew book is doing nicely. Cool. Nice. That's good. Jason Anspach, you and I are doing Galaxy's Edge, which is our Star Wars, not Star Wars, um, awesome series that's set in a very Star Wars-like world. We're just playing with action figures. And um, you can get involved for what price right now? Well, you can get involved for as little as $1, or you can get what? a sample for as little as nothing. You just got to go over to 
StarWarsNotStarWars.com. And clearly, Captain Jack did not set those prices. <laughs> no, he did not. Well, <laughs> and we have three tiers. We've got a one, a five, and a ten dollar tier, and it gets better the higher you go up. Um, yeah. But we've been so we've been a lot a lot yeah. of ten dollar subscribers, which means there's a lot of people that seem to really like what we're doing. Well, also, Jason, and this is just like, I mean, yeah, we were advertising. Jason's actually been having concept art done for this. So it's very cool Star Wars concept art. So if you dig Star Wars, this is this is pretty awesome. Right. It's by a guy named Malf McQuarrie. And so we're happy with what he's done. <laughs> Wasn't he on Happy Days? <laughs> he was on Happy Days. Now he's an artist. Christopher Bohr, what are you doing? I am between two short stories and trying to get my first novel done. And if people like your dark take on life, what would be the best book to read that you put out? The best piece of fiction? Kamikaze, I think, is my best. If you go to my website, uh, caboardthirdscribe.com, that's free on the website. But uh, there's more stories coming out from that very soon. You know, it's okay. it's actually funny. This is like an extra plug. I don't know when this will come out, but there's a short story anthology that some of us are in. Um, at least, Nick, I think you're in it. Um, yes. Called, it's about monsters, like called In Your Closet, In Your Head. So I wrote a story yeah. called Tier 1000, which is like Armada, but instead of being an elite program, they end up in an underfunded, like terrible, awful program where they're basically <laughs> cannon fodder. Cool. And uh, what they run into is this exact scenario you guys just went through. Um, so they kind of are running their, their homebrew mechs, and uh, they find the tree, and they use flamethrowers just like you use flame arrows to try to take it out, and then the goblins come. But they had miniguns, which is a little bit easier to deal with these monsters. Goblins versus miniguns is always fun. Yeah, um, yeah in, that, in that anthology, and that's by Colin Ballou. What is that anthology called? I think it's called In Your Closet, In Your Head. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I wrote about a murderous mezzo-soprano at the opera. So, yeah. So, <laughs> bang. Nah. It's funny though. I actually, I, I will, I will throw in this last tidbit. I used a story that I wrote. If you read Stephen King's on writing, there's a writing exercise at the end of that, mm-hmm. and this was the story that I wrote based on that. So I, I kind of dig that part. Yep. So when that comes out, I have no idea. But since it tied directly into today's adventure, I thought I'd mention it. Yeah. All right. Jason, thank you. That was some good, solid, great DMing, far better than anything I could do. I'm sure Christopher Bohr will give you some pointers when we return back to <laughs> the season. Can, can only hope. Can only hope. I can use them. All right. Well, uh, let's ask who hasn't who hasn't talked into the camera yet in our group. I think we've had John Frader talk. I think we've had uh, we've had just everybody. about everybody talk. Yeah. I and, got everybody. And, you know, Chris Porteau talks every episode with his smooth voiceover work. So... Let's have Christopher Bohr, the original DM, sign us off. Um, see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> the creative Smooth. force that is Christopher Bohr. <laughs> Smooth. I keep it inside. This episode of Sci-Fi Writers Playing Old School D&D was brought to you by... The Fantasy Necromancers. We'll keep you up all night long. I'm Chris Porteau, author of the Legacy Fleet novel Avenger, the First Swarm War Book 2, your host and producer of this podcast. Our executive producer is Jason Ansbach, author of Till Death. Kevin G. Summers, author of The Bleak December, designed our epic logo. You can pick it up on hoodies and shirts over in our Green Dragon Loot Shop. The shop's logo was created by the lovely and talented Guinevere Boar. 
our magic user's spousal unit. Go check out the loot shop, our bios, and more at oldschoolDnd.com. That's O L D S C H O O L D N, as in Nancy, D.com. That's all for now. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.